Revved Up Sports Show with Rodney Rodriguez and Bobby Chaffee on The Horn, where Austin talks sports. Gentlemen. Gentlemen! Driver! Drivers! Start! 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 Your! 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 Engines! 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 It is about time to go racing at Daytona. This is your Daytona 500 preview show, Revved Up ATX, Revved Up Sports Show. We are dual streaming. We are on the Horn Facebook page. We're on the Revved Up Sports Show page. We're at RevedUpSportsShow.tv. Separate places because, Bobby, this weather, uh, it's bad, man. It's bad. We couldn't do a show yesterday. It's so bad. I know we couldn't do the show yesterday. Uh, trying to do the show today. I tried to get some propane this morning because uh, get a gas grill outside just in case uh, the power goes out and we lose the stove here. But uh, yeah, I couldn't even get out of the driveway this morning to go get the to go get the propane. So it's uh, it's not a nice day outside. It's twenty four degrees down south. What's it up there? What's north? Uh, we were twenty three. We were twenty thirty this morning, and um, and it's and it's a real deal. I mean, everywhere you look, I mean, you're seeing. I mean, seriously, folks. Before we really start digging into everything, yes, it's an exciting day. It's race day and so forth. But before we get into that, I mean, heed the warnings. Heed the warnings because we're seeing. I mean, we're seeing cars out of control. We're 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 seeing just a lot of bad stuff happening. So if if you if you have to stay, uh, I mean, if you have to get out, I mean, like like go now. <laughs> I mean, go now. I heard him saying. I heard him saying uh, this morning on KXAN. They're like the window to get out and do stuff has passed. If uh, if you need to do something, I mean, it's it's paramount. Do it like now because the precipitation hadn't quite got here yet. Yeah, it's supposed, to be, it's supposed to get worse as the day goes on, just like the weather forecast for Daytona, but I'm trying to stay positive at both spots here and at Daytona, so hopefully the weather holds off and everybody everybody stays safe today as well as uh, everybody tries to stay safe down in Daytona in case the weather gets bad, because it's Florida. You never know. See it around five minutes, and the weather will change down there. Yeah, that, that Daytona forecast has kind of gone back and forth uh, throughout the morning. When I first looked at it this morning, it was showing for for showers like like right now. And everything has kind of pushed out to, to about three hours out now, it looks like. So, I don't know. It looks like they'll be able to start it. I, I see we're going live over to the Fox coverage now, and everything looks looks free and clear now. But um, it's going to be a matter of getting it going. And remember, if you're new to NASCAR racing and, and, and our regular folks over on, on our Facebook page and on the TV page, if we if we get a little a, a little 101 what we're talking about, we've got some other folks in also that may not know some of this. So, with this, Bobby, I mean, a lot of it is if they get started 200, laps if they get to lap 100 they get to lap 101 and it starts raining and they can't they can't get started that's it it's over yeah, no, definitely. Uh, it's probably going to be the Daytona 475 today, more than likely. Uh, there is a precedence before, back when Matt Kenseth won a rain-delayed, shortened uh, Daytona 500 one year. I think Michael Waltrip won another one. So it's not unprecedented that they've gone through and actually found a way to end the Daytona 500 early. It's not always the best thing uh, for the race fans, but uh, you know, w- w- the safety of the race fans is probably the most important thing as far as anything that happens today. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And uh, so before we jump in, before we jump into everything, and, and a lot of what we wanted to talk about on the on the radio show yesterday was kind of just recapping the week because we have seen stuff. Bobby, let's talk about the clash. There was a lot of there was a lot of folks, and, and I know we'll get we'll get some of our regular folks that are that are going to be. I saw a lot of folks talking about the clash being, you know, it needed to be on the oval, which that's, you know, that's probably right. That's where it's always been. But if we want to talk about should be, I mean, it should just be the poll winners. I mean, a lot's changed there. But obviously, with the lack of testing and so forth, I think that may have been an effort to get some folks on on the on the road course to test a little bit. But uh, your, your thoughts on the clash and the change? Well, one, I'm still not a fan of it being on the road course. I do like the actual road course layout for the sports cars at Daytona. I like the fact that the cup cars are now finally doing the road course at Daytona. But the thing that actually gets me more than anything is it goes back to last year. What happened was is that they were supposed to switch to the next-gen car uh, starting at this race in 2022. But with the COVID, everything got pushed back a year. Part of it was so that in case they tore up a bunch of cars at the, at the clash on the oval, that they didn't have an, they didn't have an abundance of new cars available in inventory. So this race was actually pushed out to the to the road course as the beginning of last season, and they were going to use the same cars that they ended up using now uh, to reduce the tear up of the inventory. But obviously, with COVID pushing the next gen car back to 2022, and the road course already up on the schedule, it still ends up being a test period for the race coming up next weekend right. as they run back to back at daytona first the oval today for the 500 and then back to the sports car course next weekend and what you will get and and again that's that's where this schedule has changed so much where you do have the influx of road courses and there there are so many of them that we're going to see i mean they'll be right here in our backyard you know coming up in may so you you see the transition over there because that's with that car that is going to eventually finally make its way in in 2022 i mean it is very much a sports car it's a nascar cup car but there's there's a lot of things to it where it's not going to be. Uh, I mean, uh, appreciate this car right now for the folks that that get bent out of shape about about these cars not being stock cars. I mean, enjoy what we have right now because what's about to happen in 2022 is going to be a seismic shift to where you think this isn't a stock car. Wait until you see this finished product of the next gen car because it is nothing. I mean, well, actually, it is. I mean, Bobby, because we've had this discussion so many times. It's a stock car. It's a production stock car like what we see out on the highway now. Well, it definitely is going to change. Obviously, it's got more of a, more of a stock component wise, not so much components themselves, but theory wise with the stock with the stock thinking. You've got uh, the, you'll have more of a stock body line going for it. You'll have the tendencies of an independent rear suspension on a race car instead of the the standard nine inch Ford rear end, which is still going to be interesting to me to see how that's going to work. But that's obviously how the sports car works with the rear wheel drive independent suspensions all the way around. Uh, but you know, it's got the, it's got the aluminum eighteen inch wheels. Nobody runs steel wheels on cars anymore so that'll be a change obviously there's still the one lug nut issue that everybody talks about and so that's going to be the biggest change as, as we'll see today they'll drive around on those steel wheels with a flat tire today at daytona uh i'm not sure how well that's going to work on those aluminum wheels that they switched to in 2022 yeah yeah that, that's going to be a massive change right there and that's uh just one of the many and, and i mean it's still not a finished product yet i mean they're still working to to get that car finished up and and still testing and so forth so so we won't actually know you saw that graphic up you still have time to check in join the crank it up uh, revved up sports show uh, audio visual consultations nascar fantasy league go to nascar.com click fantasy 
click or you set yourself up an account right there and then you go and uh, just look for crank it up and that's presented by audiovisual consultations the smart guys that do really really good stuff um, with your home theater system whether you want one screen you want three or four they can make it sound when they tell you to crank it up you crank it up with one of those av consultation um, sound systems and it's really gonna sound really really good av consultations.com tom mckay 255-8678 so and and that's actually a different league i didn't realize until i set my lineup i was looking where where I set my stage winners. I, I didn't know we weren't doing that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's totally different. They switched from stage winner bonus points to your top Chevy guy, your top Ford guy, your top Toyota guy. And then you end up having your manufacturer, your top manufacturer, and your top team. Like Those are all bonus points now, which is totally different from the time before. So uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's more of a guesting game. So I guess there's a chance. No stage winners you get to pick this time, but I guess a lot more bonus points on the lines. I, I like the change. Depends on how well the new point system uh, makes me go and, and has the chance for me to be competitive this year versus last year where I was towards the back. But I think as long as I try to set some lineups, I should be mid-pack this year in terms of fantasy. Right. And uh, so the clash ends, and it ends with a uh, with a little bit of a mix-up there between a, a couple of good buddies as uh, you've got Blaney and, and Chase Elliott getting tied up, and Kyle Busch sneaks through and, and wins, breaks that, uh, breaks that losing streak, although this uh, that was not enough, you know, that's just an exhibition race. But we get that done, and then we go to qualifying, and what, what I was really – what so so during the day so they call it they had a little bit of practice during the day and Bubba Wallace was top of the speed charts and what what I thought was really um, just is going to make this so intriguing today because we're going to see so many team orders in this race today you know where the 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 manufacturers the OEMs are going to stick the, together with themselves but did you notice Bobby so you had the, the Toyotas were lights out in practice all, all the all the Gibbs cars were you know the top the top speeds I mean they were right up at the top of the charts and then you go to you go to race conditions and the Fords were really good um and then you go to actual single car qualifying and out of nowhere here comes the hendrick horsepower that's been so good and you got a couple of chevrolets up on the pole so i think it's it's really fascinating how we've watched the oems kind of go back and forth this week it really is as you said the toyotas are really good in group practice they were all running together and got the top speeds there when they were running together right at 200 miles an hour uh the fords during single car runs were, were kind of disappointing there there was only a couple of fords that qualified in the top 10 as far as speed alone but uh, as we showed during during the the uh, dual races uh, the fords definitely had the power together when they start working together and that's the way that uh, that's the way the manufacturers are they talk about it all the time when you ask the manufacturers especially the chevy guys they're really good at it uh when they when they, they're they're giving their marching orders they don't give out they say what do you guys talk about and this time they said they talked about that brand new uh tahoe that everybody got given as a chevy driver so mm-hmm. they, uh, they the chevy drivers are really good at the at the covert talking yeah yeah absolutely so so bowman with the fast time and uh, byron over on the outside uh, i think byron's going to the back i think if i'm not mistaken but uh we, we do have we'll get you that lineup coming up and then you go to the you go to the duels and and the duels were the duels and and i think the duels were actually uh, it felt a little more homey a little more old school with the duels this time around because you actually had guys that that had to that had to perform to get themselves in and you actually sent guys home and and so forth so you did have a little bit of that feel and, and i think this is definitely on the uptick where you do have the the new teams coming in and we'll talk about jordan and and we'll talk about uh, you know pitbull becoming a part of of an ownership group right there but i think where where you have new teams coming in and and some of these other teams and that's one of the things that we'll talk about throughout the race today bobby and we can hit on that at some point here today is where the you know in races where we see teams you know whether it be you know front row whoever that 
on on any given NASCAR Sunday race day, they, you may look at them and think, well, they're not going to be a factor. Today they will be because this is a race where you have an opportunity where a guy that has a very slight chance to get into the NASCAR playoffs goes and wins today, and if he's running the full schedule, stays in the top 30, he's in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a reason why they put the regular season finale back at Daytona because there's always that Cinderella story uh, at the Daytona 500 and a lot of the restrictor plate races. Is, or granted, I guess they don't run restrictor plates anymore. They run the tapered spacer, but uh, we're old school, so we'll occasionally still have to put a dollar in the jar when we say restrictor plates. Mm-hmm. But those guys and those guys that have a chance to win, there's been the, the most recent probably Cinderella story, I think, would be Trevor Bain not running the full season with the Wood Brothers, kind of out of nowhere wins the Daytona 500. And uh, I, you could say Austin Dillon winning a couple of years ago would be a Cinderella story uh, for winning the Daytona 500. But it's, as far as the, it's the opportunity race, right? The way that everybody has, a, on, despite the fact there's a big difference in speed, when everybody gets into these giant packs that you'll see 20 to 25 cars running all together, it's an equal opportunity race to try to get a win. And that's, like you said, the, the win is big. Uh, it's one of the, we'll talk about it too, this is still one of the, where the championship game or the championship race is still not as big as the Daytona 500. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's um, th- this is a big deal right here. This is a huge deal. And you've had guys, I mean, you can go back and chronicle in the history of NASCAR racing, you've had drivers that, that this is the only time they win. I mean, this is the this is the only Trevor Bain. You know, probably the best you know example that we can pull up here from recent history where he wins that race in 2011. I guess it was for the Wood Brothers. He wins that race at Daytona, and he goes on, and and the rest of his career is pretty you know not all that spectacular. But no matter what he does, he's not even in the game right now. But whatever he does, he will live in infamy as a Daytona 500 champion. And on that day, on that day, he shined the brightest, and he beat the best, and he beat him pretty good that day. But that's what this race does. And and you can you can talk about plate racing and and everything, uh, the reasons not to like it. I know the casual race fan does like it because it does tend to bring the the crashes and so forth that, that happen. And you know, I always used to say, yeah, I love the plate racing myself because they crash they got plenty of cars but you don't want anybody hurt but that's what this race does but but seriously it can now with this with this playoff format it's a game changer it's game changer go out take care of business today and you've done your job that's right, absolutely. You're win and you're in. That's what the playoffs were for. A lot of people, the, the format changes the last couple of years. When it first got implemented, a lot of people didn't like it, namely the, the, the playoff. Nobody liked the chase back when it was the top 10 guys in points that got reset back in 2004 after the Kenseth dominated and won by like 300-something points. So nobody, a lot of people have, have been critical of NASCAR saying that was the death of NASCAR for the playoffs. A lot of people said that they didn't understand when they went to the top 16 eliminator format where you eliminate everybody, you eliminate the four lowest guys in the points every three rounds. But as far as that, remember how the, the, the fuss about the stage racing, Rodney? Yeah. Remember how crazy that was when everybody's like, oh, they, you know, they can't have the competition, cautions and stuff like that. Stage racing has made the, the, center, that made the center portion of these races a whole lot more entertaining. It really has, and I mean, you you get that break in there, and Bobby, we, we would talk about it all the time. I mean, folks did folks didn't like the phantom cautions and and everything, and 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 really, seriously, is it that bad of a thing? I always had I always had a dis a, a disagreement with folks about that because if you're running a 500 mile race and you get to lap 85 or whatever it is, uh, and just throwing out random numbers, and the, and the race is a disaster. I mean, you've got you've got a couple of guys that have checked out, and 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 it's. And it's horrifying to watch. I mean, if it's not entertaining to watch, is it really that bad at that point of the race 
to throw a yellow flag and tighten the field up. I mean, it's like you can't have it one way, you can't have it the other. You're gonna you're gonna bitch about the race being being boring, or, or you're gonna bitch about them throwing the caution to tighten the race up to make the race a little more enjoyable. And that's where I've kind of gotten sideways with so many people. It's like, look, you didn't like the phantom caution. Now they're telling you. Now they're telling you on lap sixty there's gonna be a yellow. And oh by the way, ten of these crazy asses are getting points that can follow them and help them in a championship chase. That, that's a novel concept, honestly. Yeah, it's the best way to do it. I think it's the happy medium. It, you know, it makes the cautions worth something now, right? Sure, yeah. Obviously, obviously you, you won't get a green flag finish at every single stage break. But as far as it goes, the stage breaks have really come in handy, as we've talked about before. When you attend these races live, the stage breaks themselves become kind of a lifesaver because on some of these 500-mile races, it can be grueling to try to get to the stage break. But it's nice to kind of get a reset. You can go to the, go to the, go to the, the, the boys' room. Uh, you can refill your beverage at the same time and, and come back in time just for the, you know, when you take your trip away from the seat, you're not going to miss any action because they're going to might, might wait till the pit stops are over. Mm-hmm. But yeah. as far as yeah. that, it's a nice break in the action, especially when you're sitting there live. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the great Mike Blackwell checking in on the Facebook feed. Hey, y'all, uh, let, let us know uh, wherever you are. I know most of you are in Texas uh, at this point. Tell, give us your temperature in different spots. I mean, because I know we got New Braunfels. I know we got Carrollton up there uh, with the showstopper Jake Wright. Let us know your uh, your temperatures. I know I've got uh, I've got a little one over at uh, in Denton, and I think they're getting flurries already. So it's about to get really really good um, around Texas here as we have the blue. They so they said, and again we'll get back to racing here in just a second. But this is if you're new to the show, this is the way it operates. It goes all over the place. We're actually going to have like blizzard conditions, and I didn't understand what blizzard was. So it's like the this morning they explained it it's like when you get the snow on the ground and you get winds i think of 25 to 35 miles an hour and it whips all that up that's that's your blizzard doesn't necessarily have to be snowing but we're supposedly going to have those conditions that's that's pretty cool neat i guess I guess the only kind of blizzard conditions we're used to is the blizzard series that runs down in Pensacola <laughs> with the super late models. So the fact that it's actually going to be blizzard conditions, I saw that in the forecast. And I joked one time when I was driving a car in Colorado, going up to the going up to the mountains, going to Estes Park to spend the day right around Thanksgiving. Uh, it started snowing, and I jokingly said I've never driven in a blizzard before, and they were all making fun of me up in Colorado just because I was like, "Look, man, I'm from South Texas. They, we don't have snow there. We get snow cone snow, and we bundle up, and we don't go anywhere." Yeah. So uh, so when it's snows and driving i think the i think what it is it's not so much the snow that has everybody in, in the wits end about it i think the it's ice. all the ice on the highway yeah. that's what it's going to be like when you watch some of the big ones hit this afternoon here at the daytona 500 and, and i'll tell you all you leadfoots out there because I, I was joking on facebook the other day where where i mean i did say when i go out and they say it's icy uh, I, I do kind of stab the throttle just to see if it's icy where i'm at i did go out yesterday i did go out yesterday to do something and i just out of habit jumped up on 183a and i looked down and i was i was pushing you know some some pretty high speed limit things there so be careful seriously if you're going out and i mean if you're going to be out uh, keep it short back to the stuff at hand and yes you will have the big ones today but uh i think something that, that we're gonna that we're gonna watch today and i'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit because do want to talk about the trucks and xfinity because um a certain buddy of ours man a certain buddy of ours had a lot of people fired up here in texas but i think something to watch today is most of what they've done i mean you did you did have the practice on wednesday that you had in the daylight most of what they done is have done has been at night I mean, we thought they were going to get a practice yesterday, and that got washed out. But 
So you're going to daytime conditions today, and with the ambient weather being a factor, um, that they've been through a little bit of rehearsal. But I, I don't think a lot of that is going to factor in because it's it's a different ball game right now. Well, I think they always get a chance to, to test for it, right? The duels have been run at night for about the last five or six years, at least the last five or six years, where they run on Thursday night in prime time. But that's been a factor. Obviously, you know, back in the day when it, when they were running the twin 125s in the uh, Thursday afternoon that showed up on tape delay, you know, right after the Xfinity Series race, or the Bush race back then on CBS, but... That was one of those that, that the team the teams now these anybody that says this is the good old boy network and stuff these are the most advanced cup cars we've got it's even going to be more advanced in 2022 but the engineering and everything else if 2020 proved anything the lack of practice and the lack of qualifying really doesn't change up the show a whole lot it's it's still going to be the guys with the teams with the resources running up front and and I don't expect that to change with or without qualifying and practice yeah and and when and when folks want to say about these about these guys that they're, they're they're not really any good, and and they're not. And, and granted, that that's a great argument. I mean, we've said it for years. There are probably drivers all across the country that have the the talent and the potential to be in the NASCAR Cup Series, just for one reason or the other, the resources, the funding. They they don't have it, and that's a very valid point and very true. And there's a lot of them that we know. But this is one of the things where they are at this upper echelon because they they. I mean, seriously, we watched it last year time after time where, where they would jump out, and, and it was a big concern. Remember, it was like, oh, my God, they're going to they're go to Darlington, and, and they're going to they're gonna get out there, and, and they're going to race, and they haven't practiced. They haven't been behind the wheel in so long. They didn't skip a beat. Uh, I mean, hell, who, who crashed? Jimmy Johnson? I mean, that's the one you wouldn't think. But um, they're highly paid. Uh, they're at this top level for a reason, and you see it right now with, with the lack of, of that time on the track. Yeah, definitely that that first green flag at Darlington when they came back for the the Real Heroes 400 when they kicked off the first sport back in in 2020. Everybody was every including the drivers. Everybody was apprehensive about going down into turn number one with no practice, no qualifying. Everybody trying to knock the rust off for being gone for two and a half months, and it worked out just fine. Mm-hmm. There was not any problems. We saw it throughout the remainder of the 2020 season with no practice, no qualifying. Uh, even at the road course at Daytona, everybody thought that was going to be a wreck fest. Granted, the Xfinity Series the day before was. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but but the, the cup race itself that, that ran a little bit in the wet, but everything kind of seemed to work out okay uh, with no practice and no qualifying. So I think it's going to be the same thing uh, here in 2021, especially now that they've got a year of practice. They've got the new simulations and stuff, all the computers, if this, what that uh, kind of scenarios built in with the computers to tell them when to pit and when to not pit. So right. I think it's going to be, I think I, I'm expecting the same competition level in 2021 that I saw in 2022. Yeah, I think. Or that, 2020, rather. Right. Yeah. I, I think they're really, it, it's going to be a good year i mean it's really going to be a good year all across the board i i i like the influx of road courses i kind of wish maybe there were uh, i don't know maybe there's a tad too many i'm old you know to me it's, it's an oval series i think it'll always be you know i don't think that's going to change anyway we've talked about it on the saturday show street courses are going to come into play at some time that'll make it even better but uh that's down the road so back to here so you get to friday man that, that truck race so many times we watch uh, the truck race becomes the go-to race on a NASCAR weekend, and they will be at Circuit of the Americas when the, the when this traveling road show hits in in the middle of May or in the middle of May. So, looking forward to that one. Ben Rhodes over Jordan Anderson and our man Corey Roper, and and you get this this race had a little bit of everything. I mean, the trucks they they never fail. I like the Truck Series now because what it seemed like at one point what the Truck Series did. We have watched just a pattern here with the Truck Series where it started out and you had a lot of veterans, and it was a, a, always the best race then too. 
you had all these veterans, and it kind of stayed that way, where you had guys that kind of that kind of cycled their way down into the trucks. Then things kind of shifted a little bit, and then it got to where it kind of had that arca feel, where you had a lot of younguns that would jump into these trucks, and they, they started tearing stuff up. But now, now you got a balance right here, where you've you've got young, you got vets, and you've got guys that have honed in and are career truck series drivers like Matt Crafton, you know, multi-time champion there. I really like the direction of the truck series and the Xfinity truck series, uh, Xfinity series, but I really like where the trucks are going. I, I think they got a damn good balance right now. I think the trucks, as far as the drivers' levels do, uh, in terms of you've got the guys, like you said, you've got the experienced veterans, the Johnny Sauters, the Matt Craftons, and those that are coming in or that have been there for a while. Then you've got the guys that are coming up. Obviously, some of it has to do with funding and everything else. So, uh, But it's it's step number one of a lot of the driver development programs that you see. Right. It, it, that's that's the way it was back with Ford when they had Brad Keselowski racing used to come through, and, and that's how you got Chase Briscoe, who's now going to start his first cup race in the Daytona 500 today. Uh, Austin Sindrick got his start within a BKR truck and moved up the Ford chain. He's a he's the 2020 Xfinity Series champion, so you've seen a lot of the guys come through there. Uh, to me, the Xfinity Series is still more of the development series itself. I think the way that the truck series kind of puts itself into the NASCAR Big 3 is that it's the way it's the way to get your foot in the door right right? it helps build the resume to get you to that next level but the competition level of daytona especially when you're taking the big rectangle box there's only so many different ways you can design a rectangle box to work well well at 180 miles an hour around a big super speedway drafting so that that racing has always been really good and and it showed up on friday night yeah and and we'll talk more uh about cory roper uh, most likely talk with cory roper on our regular show tomorrow uh, on monday but uh, I mean, what a run! Uh, I mean, this guy—we've had him on the, on our program multiple times. We've known him for years. He's he's a good friend. He's a good friend of the program. Good friend of ours. But to look up and you see that move, and and I mean, to see one of our guys—I uh, mean, one of our Texas guys—I mean, one of the guys that uh, you've you've had beer with him. <laughs> you've drank beer with this guy for years, and uh, I mean, you've been on the track with him. You've talked to him and and just interacted to see him make a move and go to the front and lead. Be on the back straightaway leading. I mean, for for we Texas race fans, man, that was. I put a video up of mine, and and that was, I don't know how I didn't cuss more, but that just wasn't that so cool to watch, man. That that's what it's all about, right there. Yeah, it was really exciting. Obviously, when he made the when he helped make the pass, I was a little disappointed when he popped the outside fence with the right side. Yeah. But as far as his run, I mean, that was great to take the lead on your own on the last lap of the truck race at Daytona. The only problem I saw was when I started seeing the teammates behind him. I'm yeah. like, that's that's not good. He's just sitting duck. He had too good of a run. Uh, obviously, it showed up when he was wasn't able to to kind of coast along there and get the win coming out of turn number four, but. It was great. I mean, I was excited. I was jumping up and down and having a good time and really enjoying myself watching that race. And, you know, it's, it's different when it's different. The way that I kind of describe it is guy. that yeah. <laughs> yeah. a lot of times you can go, hey, let's go crafting or let's go soccer. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. But, but when, when Corey took the lead, the first thing I thought when I started getting excited, I was clapping my hands in my living room going, come on, Corey, get this win, get this thing. Yeah. So I think it's different when, when, you, when you can refer to the racers as, as their first names since you've known them for so long. That totally adds up to the excitement. And, and definitely if there was a way to count somebody trending on Twitter – uh, or at least on Facebook, rather, that was definitely every post that we saw said, good job, Roper, 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 yeah. Roper. That's all we saw there on Friday night after the end of that truck race. Great great stories about him. I mean, when, when you're on SpeedSport and you're NASCAR.com, when you're the story, I mean, that's 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 what he achieved, and, and very, very deservedly so with with what he did. And, and I'll elaborate about this more, but, but, but uh, I do want to drop this in. So 
I text him as soon as he crosses the finish line. <laughs> like, dude, you, you got to be on our Saturday show. You know, whatever. Go to bed. Uh, I don't hear. I wake up the next morning, and of course, we didn't have the Saturday show. I get a text from him, which would have been for him, two forty-five a.m. Two forty-five a.m. Just his exact words. Just got out of the media center. This day has been crazy. Y'all tell me what you need. That's 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 a sportsman right there. That's a sportsman. Yeah, no, right that's there. that's one of the true good but that, guys. But that's Obviously, Roper. We, that's been, Roper. Yeah, yeah. We we've been on the show before. His whole family's good. I mean, his brother Craig, and he's got a couple other brothers there that are all involved with racing and stuff like that. Uh, the the parents still live locally there uh, in Luling, outside just outside of Luling. So they're they uh, you know they're a good show. They they've they've done a lot. That they, they drove one time from just outside of uh, Wichita Falls all the way down to Corpus to do a, a, a radio remote for me back when I used to do PR for a racing series. So yeah. the Ropers have been they they've definitely jumped in with both feet with this truck series program they got, and it's not run in North Carolina. The no. truck series has been run. It runs outside of Mount Bellevue. Yeah, Mount and Bellevue. So right yeah. there. Right there in Texas, uh, we've had Al Nice on the show, who's one of the, the, the big team owners there in the truck series, has, runs a four-truck team, but his stuff is run out of, out of North Carolina. Sure. You yeah. know, Al's, Al's place, the Nice trucks are based in Buda, but he runs his stuff out of North Carolina. So the fact that you had a Texas team with the truck built in Texas there running at the top five at Daytona with a chance to win, that was really cool. That was awesome. It really was. Just so good to see. So good to see good people right there. Um, speaking of Texas, we'll continue the Texas trend. We will get to the 500 here in just a second. But um, uh, Gracie Trotter is another, and, of course, she's not in Texas, but there's Texas roots right there. Uh, I just love the raw discussion they had with her. as She starts on the outside of the ARCA race yesterday on the outside of the front row, and my heart broke for her there. as uh, She kind of had an incident there, which you could hear the, the – uh, man she just i mean she's a racer but um beginning of that race where she comes on the radio and she tells uh who was it, phil parsons where she tells phil parsons i've never been this nervous <laughs> i said that that right there i mean that is that is how you do it that that and i mean hell who wouldn't be she's 19 years old behind the wheel um about to hit 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 Daytona in real competition for the first time. And, oh, by the way, she's on the outside of the front row, and she's like, I've never been this nervous. <laughs> that, was, that was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, her race was not what she wanted to be. Uh, there was yeah. a, there was some rookie mistakes that she made, obviously, there in the draft, but she couldn't check up and, and stuff. She could, If she lets off her teammate, then they both end up crashing versus yeah. just the teammate that yeah. was in the lead. Uh, but then, you know, not knowing when she ran into the back of that guy mid midway through the race, obviously – there was some rookie mistakes that she made, but there's also a lot of rookie mistakes that a lot of veterans made there uh, in the Lucas Oil 200. But it was good to see her start strong, start on the outside of the front row, and, and was able to contend for a little bit. But she just got caught up in the moment and some of the accidents on the racetrack. But it's good. She's in that Toyota development pipeline, so she's she'll be you know, just she's, fine. Yeah. She'll, she'll be just fine. Yeah. She'll be just fine. She's uh, She's got a couple more races in the Venturini car, so uh, she'll be okay. She's not running a full schedule this year, but she'll be just fine in that Toyota development pipeline. Yeah, absolutely. And and Haley Deegan, you know, she held her own pretty well um, in, in that truck race as well. I mean, she was in the top ten. She got in the situation there at the at the end of the race. And, and again, I, I was extremely impressed with her because they had the radio. So so many times we see with these, with these youngsters uh, where something happens and, and somehow you get a little bit of their radio feed and and you hear stuff that just kind of makes you cringe a little bit as an old-time racing person. But she has the accident there, which, again, one of those things at Daytona where it's so hard to call, call fault because things just happen, and they happen really fast. But, uh, you know, you get, you get the audio of her radio cued, and immediately she apologizes to her guys. So, 
between Gracie and between Haley, I think that, that you've got a couple right there, and, and this is not bash Danica Patrick situation because my whole stance with Danica Patrick was she was thrust into a situation where she wasn't ready for, and uh, she hadn't she hadn't had adequate time to be in these vehicles to be doing what was asked of her. But when you got GoDaddy spending millions of dollars, you can understand why it happens. These two, however, uh, are going up the chain the right way. They have the talent. They've done really, really good things in other series where they are putting themselves on a path to where I, I think at some point in the very near future, we're going to look up in a cup grid, and you may see Haley Deegan and Gracie Trotter and, and maybe even others in, in cup racing at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, both both of the both of the young ladies have done well. Uh, they've both been on the show and have both said that they that they want to have the tempered expectations right. of how well they need to perform right. before they move up. They've both been on record saying, "Look, I just don't want to get thrust into the Cup Series. That that is the top echelon of motorsports in in North America, and they realize that they have to progress their their talents and their abilities in the different series. If Haley Deegan goes out and wins a couple of truck races, I expect her to be in the Xfinity Series sure. next year. Yeah, I mean, she's got the buy. She's got the backing of Monster. She's also got the backing of Ford Performance. She's in the Ford Performance Development Pipeline. She's run some road course races. I anticipate her running some road course races this year. Obviously, they're going to run the truck races on the road course at Coda just to get her acclimated with with more of the road courses. I think that's where we're going to see the next generation come in because, like you said, there's so many road courses now on the schedule where this year they're running seven, where all the previous years they ran two. They added in the Roval, which was a great addition to the schedule, but now they're running seven road course races this next gen car this sports car that's coming out is going to be i think these 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 newer kids and the newer racers that haven't been set in their ways it's going to do nothing but open up the path for them to try to get them the best results they can as they move up towards the cup series and what these what these cars this current car and what that new car is making these drivers have to do i i've heard i've heard it said many times i heard it a couple of times yesterday as a matter of fact where a lot of people with the current car the current cup car they they correlated a lot to the truck where you actually have to drive it Uh, i mean you saw you saw the distinct difference yesterday with the arca car and and what i see with the arca cars with the trucks and even even not not quite as much with the xfinity car yesterday was the the constant that i'm watching in these daytona races is you see uh, there was an in-car uh some of the in-car video uh yesterday uh, in the arca race where um, up at the front of the pack uh the guy that won the race um uh, Corey Heim. Corey Heim is sitting on the point, and they drop the green flag, and, and you hear his foot, like, you hear his foot just go to the floor, and it's, uh, it's like it just doesn't go, and, and that's what you watch there with those, but you have to drive them. I mean, these cup cars, they, they cut a big old hole in the air, but you're going to watch today, these guys have to wrestle them around, and, and that's very different compared to some of the cars of the past, because... I mean, we've never driven them, Bobby, but we've been told those were Cadillacs. I mean, these guys, you're cruising like you're on Mopac, you know, riding around like that. But not these, man. you you got to wheel them. you got to wheel them. Yeah, you definitely have to wheel the, the, this current generation of cup cars. Before, it was just like you got in line. It was kind of like a, the Hot Wheels, the bright orange Hot Wheels track that we all had as kids where they just come through and you go down the, the long plastic track and it just sits there and gets faster and faster and occasionally you'd have a wreck here and there when the cars jump the track that's the way the old cup cars used to be at talladega and daytona 
But now, with the way that these cars are set up now, you've got to drive them. You will hear the guys lift off the throttle yeah. um, in the end cars and different stuff today because now the way that the horsepower package is done, you can lift off the throttle, and it's not going to be as detrimental as it was before. As yeah. long as the guys behind you lift, uh, then everything will be fine because the guys behind you don't lift, and obviously that, that does right feel good for you and or the rest of the field. And I've said it many times, and I mean, I do understand the change, and I do I do know that, that, that NASCAR has to change what they have to change but for me if we stayed with the current car with with everything that we're doing right now i'd be totally good for a few years because it it really is uh, i mean friends i know a lot of a, a lot of uh, old heads as they call them uh, which we're in the in that fraternity there they want to say the racing sucks but it doesn't i mean this is this is really good and i think today has the potential to to bring us a race like we haven't seen before and what i like about this race we could transition over um xfinity uh, they tore a lot of stuff up but austin Cindric wins that one and he's kind of picking up where he left off but i think to to the race today I, bobby I, I think we're finally at a point where okay everybody tony stewart's gone Jeff Gordon's gone. Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s gone. All of these guys are gone. Jimmy Johnson's gone. Everybody misses Jimmy now. Nobody gave a damn when he was here. But, okay, those guys are gone. It's time to start over. And here, here's something that I was thinking about. Remember that 79-500? Everybody was snowed in and iced in all around the country. I know everything's okay in Florida. You know, precipitation's going to be a factor. We've got this nor'easter, whatever the hell this is that's coming along. This has the potential to be one of those landmark races because you do have this is where the next batch of of legacy drivers could be born. You got the People's Champion and all of these guys. This this race has a lot of potential on it, but just like anything else, if we get weather in there, gosh dang it, that that's going to kill the that's going to kill the ratings. That's going to kill the ratings. That's why I'm hoping that we can start at one thirty and just go to the end, go into the darkness. Let's hope that the, the weather is not a factor. This is very reminiscent of the Daytona 500, or of the 79 500. Uh, but, you know, you talked about the face of the sport. Obviously, the, the biggest thing for NASCAR, and it's not rigged. It just happened to be the way that it was. We've been talking about Dell Jr. has been retired for three years, and he's still the face of the sport. Right now, the people's champion, Chase Elliott, when the most popular driver wins the title, that helps everything. He Absolutely. is now going to be the face of the sport by by no means, but he's got a chance. To, all these drivers have a chance to have a breakout race today with a lot of eyeballs watching it because it's the only sport on today. I think the Australian Open in tennis is on, but I don't know how long it's going to be on. Don't know how popular tennis is in the United States, but this is this is for NASCAR a chance to get be uh, with the same level as the big three sports and actually get a lot of eyeballs on it. And I think if they could, if if we're lucky enough to keep the weather from getting it tore up, then I think everything will be just fine and we'll have an outstanding race today and and i think something that, that's going to help that's going to help people understand this a little bit better uh, I, I can tell you that already and and we haven't even had the the true season opener yet already fox has hit a home run with clint boyer in the booth because whether it's a you're a beer drinking guy like like myself or or you're a, a wine drinker or you like margaritas or whatever it is clint boyer and that's just the personality types of, of race fans that where folks say well you know nascar you're just a bunch of beer guzzling rednecks well not so much anymore although we did find out this weekend there's rednecks in wisconsin but one of the things that uh clint boyer clint boyer can um Clint Boyer can relate to anybody, and that addition of him in the booth with this race today, with everything that we're talking about right now, with all of the ears and eyes that are going to be on, Clint Boyer could be the biggest showpiece that NASCAR has in place to attract some, some brand new fans today. 
Well, I think so. Obviously, the, the, he's been in the booth for all the Fox races so far uh, coming up between qualifying and the duels and the Xfinity race. Him and Tony Stewart were jabbing each other oh, really good yesterday in that That's Xfinity great. Series race. But as far as him being the, the one thing that we've noticed now, I think that at some point Fox is going to try to tell him to slow down uh, <laughs> and, and be careful. But as far as he did pretty good, he didn't step on a lot of toes yesterday. He walked over. He walked over Adam Alexander a couple of times, but that's just him not doing it enough. Yeah, they're going to try to pull him back a little bit. But so far, Fox has been really good at just letting Clint Boyer be Clint Boyer. He has he he has a little bit of that. Uh, you know, uh, when when Daryl Waltrip started, if you go back and listen to the the early two thousand ones on there for the first few years of Fox. DW was, I mean, he used that racing insight. When it got to the end for DW, it got a little zany and a little bit of all the, you know, weird sounds and all the stuff he made. But but it has it's a little reminiscent of that. But at the same time, with the modern, just a, a regular dude, and I, I think that's going to be great. And while we're talking about that, we got to give a big uh, add a lady to to Jamie Little because a lot of folks say, I mean, and Bobby, we know better than anybody. It's like oh, it can't be that hard. Just get up there and call a race. It's a hell of a lot harder. And on that stage, that she had to do because you got people in your ear doing all of that i know um when we were talking with bob jenkins where bob jenkins said um just a great hall of fame broadcaster where he talked about i'd rather be at the track calling the race because when you get on tv the producer's calling the race because you're trying to talk about whatever the producer's telling you do this do that do this do that for everything she had to deal with yesterday and the production somewhat off a little bit jamie little i I think did did a really good job well, as we talked about, you and I were texting back and forth about how the broadcast just seemed just to tick off. Missing their it wasn't yeah. one thing. It wasn't one thing, but it seems like the timing was. You're, you, we're talking seconds at a time. Yeah. W- with some of the different timings, obviously they cut her. They cut her to the opening ceremonies way too early. They yeah, cut her ten yeah. seconds early, uh, which that's the producer's fault. That's not Jamie's fault. But I think because we do the radio and some of the television stuff that we've done in the past. We pay more attention to seconds at the time. Now, whether sure. or not normal people hear it or not, uh, that, that's the biggest thing. But the, the way that you do a professional is that if something messes up, you've got to continue to just move on and try to get past it. But I, I thought all under the circumstances of, the, of the, just the overall ARCA show being off just a little bit production-wise, I think she did as good as she could with the factors that she had, especially since that's the first time she's ever done the play-by-play. And, and for that race, she had some obstacles because there was a lot of caution. I mean, there was a lot of downtime in that where she wasn't able to call stuff. But um, I think she did a tremendous job. She will be the voice of Fox uh, for ARCA races. All right, Daytona. One, of, I think one of the stories that, that you have to think about today, got a little soundbite here for you. Um, obviously, last year you had the situation there with, with Ryan Newman. And uh, Newman is back. He's been back to Daytona. But um, just this was Newman talking to Shannon Spake last year. But uh, he, he makes his way back to Daytona. But uh, just, just a little soundbite from when he was making his return. This thing's not over yet. Ryan Newman off turn four for the final time. Blaney to the outside, to the inside. Here comes Hamlin up the outside. Crash into the wall, into the air. Goes Newman. I never thought I would sit here and say that I was happy to be alive. Just always took it for granted. Talk to me when you can, buddy. Talk to me when you can, buddy. I don't know if I was 30 seconds away from dying, three minutes away from dying, or 30 minutes away from dying. Like, I don't, I don't know. Have they heard from Newman yet? No. I never thought I would sit here and say that I was happy to 
be alive. Oh, my goodness. How, how scary was that? I, I mean, to, to sit there and watch that, I mean, as I play that, and thank you to Fox Sports uh, for that uh, sound and that video, but just to, to put all that back into perspective, I mean, seriously, how lucky are we to have him here? And we talked about it on the Saturday show, Bobby, all these damn safety enhancements, and one of the listeners, you know, beat us to the punch on that show. It's like, that dude wouldn't be alive with all that stuff. Without yeah, all that stuff, I mean, yeah. Yeah, without all the safety stuff, we talked about it last weekend, and and it was just it was just incredible, including his own safety bar. He he he's an right. engineer by by degree, uh, you know, from from Purdue, and so he ends up having to design an extra bar in his race car that he wants implemented, and that's one of the bars that led to the to the safety. You can always tell the name. There's an Earnhardt bar, there's a Petty bar, and now there's a new a Newman bar uh, that was installed prior to the big wreck last year. But uh, but yeah, the safety factors there. But I, I think that. It's finally taken him a, a long time to determine to show how serious that wreck was. I, yeah. I think that he he said that he doesn't remember the wreck, which is obviously probably pretty good for him, especially as a race car driver. You don't want to remember that as you start trying to come through and and win races, especially at that at that high level, uh, with that high level of speed and concentration that you need. But by far, uh, I think that now, as you get a year removed from it. It feels like it's been an eternity since then. Can't believe it's been a year uh, since that. But, you know, I think now he gets a chance to appreciate a new appreciation of everyday, uh, everyday life, everyday normalcy that he's trying to get, or at least as normal as you can be in COVID. And I think what a lot of folks really don't know about that, because we didn't. I mean, remember the, the 48 hours there afterwards? I mean, we had no idea. You're just kind of waiting for some word, which I'll, I'll be honest with you. I thought it was going to be, you know, the word you don't want to hear. But as that happened, I mean, they they. they put him in a coma i mean they put him in a coma i'm assuming so they could assess everything that and he wound up and he did bruise his brain up a little bit and 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 i say that like that because you watch all of that happen chastain jumps in there and drives a little bit next thing you know you hear he's coming back and hell i mean and we get to the newman gets back in the car it's just like he was before stubborn don't want to get out of the way if somebody's uh, if he falls behind you know somebody's trying to lap him hell he ain't going to get out of the way he's going to race a leader just as hard you know and and just going toe to toe as, as he always has and um you have to just the medical advancements right there i mean the, the thought of it to be put in a medically induced coma that's um that's that's like when they say about a surgery. Oh, I'm having a minor surgery. I, I didn't know that there was a, a minor surgery. Medically induced coma to me is your ass is still is knocked out. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, absolutely. That's yeah. not a good thing. Anytime you got to go under that, that makes that thing go from minor to a major. But it, in terms of, in terms of the this the overall feel of that, I think the NASCAR community woke up and, and realized that you know it's been a long time since somebody's had a trash of that magnitude, and you didn't know, right? We we didn't know. We messaged people that we thought that were on the team that we know, and, and they still came through and, and didn't know the status. Like they didn't even within the walls of Ralph Fenway didn't know they weren't releasing any information at all. And then to find out, you know, a, a week later, less than a week later he walks out barefooted with his two daughters <laughs> yeah. on each arm and uh, and everything is fine yeah it's like it's like i remember getting a text he's totally good i'm like what yeah anyway so that'll be a storyline today that dude parks it in victory lane and it um I, and you know what's going to happen oh it's rigged no no this this 
sport is not rigged. But if, if he parks it in victory lane, and, and you got to put him as a contender. Hell, he's won this race before. When you get to these races, he's one of those guys that, that always factors in. And, and this is a Roush Fenway. And he gets himself in the playoffs. And, and I saw something where they talked with Newman a couple of weeks ago, and he says, I, st- I still have what it takes to win the championship. So watch a six-car today. Big story is the 23-11. And a lot of folks are saying, well, well, I'm, I'm surprised. You know, they, they've come out of the box really well. Friends, don't be surprised. It's a new team, but you're a part of Toyota Racing Development. You've got Gibbs equipment. The, the, there's new stuff, but when you when you get a startup team, it, this is a startup team in a sense that it wasn't here before. But um, bottom line, this is a make or break year for Bubba Wallace. Think what you want to think about this guy, but now you have no excuses. Not not that he ever used them before, but now you can't say that the funding or the lack there of it or the equipment may be a little subpar to some others. You do not have that to fall back on anymore. Yeah, he's definitely it, it is a it is a fifth Gibbs team without actually being a legit fifth Gibbs team. They get all the parts and pieces from Joe Gibbs. Obviously, they're going to get the same exact equipment that the other four Joe Gibbs cars do. In fact, they hadn't even mentioned how much work they actually do in-house. Back in the day when Stuart Haas Racing was was in an alliance with Hendrick Motorsports, they would get the they would get the chassis and the motors from Hendrick and Stuart Haas would hang their own bodies. Yeah. But I don't even think 2311 is hanging their own bodies. I think they're getting turnkey cars direct from joe gibbs and they're getting all that direct alliance with the engineering support and everything else so while yes it's a startup team uh, they don't have startup parts and pieces no. uh, in terms of getting no. that getting that organization running everything is in place and and this will be this will be a good opportunity for for bubba to shine and and i know uh, i mean i know people that 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 applauded him in his rise to get up to the series that now maybe aren't fans of him and that's a whole different discussion that we can have some other time not on this program but it um this is his time to shine and and he's got he's got a really good group right there and um we'll find out They've been good. They have been good. He's been. He's got a runner-up finish at Daytona, and I mean that's another guy where people say, "Well, you know, they're a startup. I don't. I don't think they're going to factor in today." We said it earlier. Everybody, everybody on the forty car starting forty car starting grid. Kaz Garala is starting fortieth, and that guy has an opportunity to win this race. And with twenty three eleven and Bubba Wallace in that in that. 23 toyota camry i mean from everything we've seen this week and yes because i myself thought okay really fast in practice you, you know single car you know practice whatever he gets in that qualifying race he gets in the 120 or the 150 or whatever it is the duel he gets in the duel and man that dude raced his ass off and it, i thought he was going to win that race I did too there for a little bit. The biggest drawback to Bubba Wallace is that the, today he has to keep his emotions yes, in check. Sir. Because what he's going to have to do is that he's got a strong package. The Toyotas are going to be there. He's going to run with the Joe Gibbs Racing Toyotas all day. But I think he's got to try not to try so hard. That's 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 one of the hardest things for a driver to understand. He hasn't been in this equipment. He probably hasn't been in this opportunity. Uh, the fact that he finished second at, at the Daytona 500 was good because there was a crash right behind him, kind of similar to the Jordan Anderson mm-hmm. uh, deal in the truck series the other night. Not to take away from a second-place finish in the 500, but Bubba Wallace just has to try not to be so aggressive and try so hard where he's going to get himself in trouble. I have him on my fantasy league team today. 
because I think he's got a chance to run really well, but I also have a I've also got a got a good driver in my garage so that I can come through and at the end of the day exchange it out for Bubba Wallace in case he does something stupid. And the other thing that he has to do, and whoever whoever got in the head of the people's champion, because we used to watch him do this, is is when you make a mistake, not if, because he, he is going to make mistakes. It's part of life. When he makes those mistakes, there has got to be somebody. I mean, I don't know whether it be Denny, and I don't know whether it be Jordan. Uh, I, I don't know who it's going to be. They probably have somebody on staff because they're not lacking anything. Somebody is going to have to keep him on, on track because we've, we've watched him where he beats himself up, and whether it be he gets pissed off or he gets you know this I-can-do-nothing-right mindset. And it, Because remember, um, the people's champion, Chase Elliott was notorious for this. Remember, he would make mistakes. They'd go to him, and it looked like this dude was ready to just fall into a hole. But he doesn't do that anymore. He doesn't do that anymore. And I think that's key for Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace, at times, has been his own worst enemy when it comes to mistakes, once the mistake happens. Well, see, I'm a little bit of the opposite for you. It seems like this week he's he's had I wouldn't call it a chip on his shoulder, but he's been he's been a little too cocky. I think mm-hmm. at some points. Yeah. Now he was he was really cocky, but the start of the 125, the 150s the other night at the duel. Now when he got done, uh, he was really hard on himself, like you said. But before that race started, he was he had a little bit of pep in his step, and he was almost almost to the point of being arrogant. But I think that race humbled him, which I think can help him today by knowing, look, he's got a race under his belt. He knows he's got a strong horse underneath him. So I think that, but you know, you have to think big picture. Today is all about the Daytona 500. Yeah. The problem is, is there's 36 other point, or there's 35 other point races that go on to the end of November. Yeah. And so now that that's, it's, it's a, a disastrous Daytona 500 puts you behind the eight ball, but you can't let it control your entire season. Yeah, and again, that's where this point system is so cool because you, you do have opportunities where even if you do get yourself in, in a pretty big hole, there, there's, there's chances to get yourself out of it. But uh, seriously, I, I think the thing is for Bubba Wallace this year is it's, there's no excuses. It's all there. It's everything that you've, that you've said you've needed, everything that you've said you've needed. So um, go out and make it happen. So that lineup, it's Bowman and, and Byron on the front row. So the Hendrick, Hendrick horsepower is there. Eric Almirola and Austin Dillon. That's an interesting row right there. Bobby, uh, Eric Almirola's due, and he's due really bad. And I can tell you one thing, uh, ironically, starting next to him is the guy that, 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 that cost him. Uh, a couple of years ago, but Eric Al- Almirola put some kind of ass whooping on him in that duel number one on on Thursday night. I think that I think that ten cars are the sleeping giant right now. Yeah, it's definitely a dark horse to win the five hundred today. But he he did he uh, he ran a really smart but a really conservative race there in the duel number one. Uh, that's why everybody said duel number one was a little lackluster in terms of entertainment. Obviously, I I really enjoyed the second duel even before they had the crash at the end. Uh, because the second duel was a little bit more aggressive, which is why I, I think that Austin Dillon has done better uh, in my eyes today because of the fact that he ends up, you know, he ran such a really smart duel. But Eric Amarola has turned into a really good restrictor plate racer, and that's, you know, a super speedway guy is is, is something that he's been kind of known for the last couple mm-hmm. of years. He was a babe as a half straightaway away from winning the Daytona 500 the year that Austin Dillon did a little bit too much bump drafting, and Austin Dillon won the 500. Uh, but I think that Amarola's got a, he's got a chance to be 
a player today. I don't know if he's got a chance. To, everybody has a chance to be a winner, but I think he's got a chance to be a, a player in this race to determine the outcome of it. He's going to be strong. He's going to be strong. I actually think he's going to win the first stage. Um, but, yeah, keep your eye on it. And you want to talk about uh, a little uh, chip on the shoulder, kind of a gutsy move right there. Almirola posted on Twitter this week, and he said, all right, we got one trophy heading to Tampa Bay. Time to bring another one. So uh, maybe the Harley J. Earl will make its way to uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, row three, Christopher Bell, Bubba Wallace. There you go. Uh, you, you want to call that the high pressure, the high pressure row? You got a couple of guys right there. Christopher Bell, Bell finally gets into the twenty. Uh, big shoes to fill there, just because that being a legacy car that has struggled for so long. There's the aforementioned Bubba Wallace. Uh, I mean that 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 row right there. That's uh, woo. That's um. That's the guys that need the uh, the the anti uh, the anti uh, depressant anti That's a lot of pressure on both of those young two cats right there. Yeah, definitely a lot of pressure on that row. Anxiety. But I think there's obviously Anxiety. yeah. Yeah, I think there's obviously more pressure on Bubba Wallace than there is Christopher Bell. There's higher expectations, I think, for Christopher Bell than Bubba Wallace. But that road definitely is going to face its challenging. Keep in mind, though, they are quasi-Joe Gibbs Racing teammates. Sure. So that, that can that be a, a way to – it's always weird when you line up beside your teammate instead of front and back of your teammates. Mm -hmm. and, and I can tell you just, um, my, again, my humble opinion, I truly believe that Chris Bell is, is ready for the challenge. Uh, Bubba Wallace, we're going to find out. I'm not sure if he is or not, but Christopher Bell, to me, is ready. I mean, every now and then you get one of these kids that, that comes across, and, and, and you can just tell. You can just tell. He, and I think that's something that's really big for, for Bell this year is with being in that true Gibbs car number 20, he did have that year. He had the year with Levine in the 95 car. Well, he's actually been through this. And um, he's had the trials and tribulations and got through a pandemic season and, and lack of practice and all that. I, I think he's up for the task. Uh, row number seven, So we, we, or row number four. Look at this right here, the Greybeards. We talked about Newman. And, again, you, you have to know how special it would be for him. Kevin Harvick's going to start with him. Kevin Harvick is, is the guy where, if you want to talk about people that kind of got the shaft last year, he got the shaft in the sense that he couldn't perform when he had to, but he and his team couldn't perform when they had to. But I think that Kevin Harvick, at the ripe old age of 45 or whatever it is, is, is going to be a man possessed this year to, to get that – so many guys that only have one championship. Harvick's one of them. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's won all these races. He's been so good since he left Childress. But I think this is a year where Harvick's going to say, okay, this is time for me to finish his job. Well, he's won 35 races since 2014 since he won the championship with Stuart Haas Racing right when he moved over that first year. He's one of the ones that needs a chance to. I, do I think that the, the race is going to go through the four car? I don't know if he's got that tight. He didn't race as well in the duel. He was up there, but I don't think he was a player. And so I think that in terms of Harvick, he's thinking big picture. He definitely wants to go out and win the championship this year because that one escaped him. That was his to take to the house to get championship number two. Mm -hmm. And so I think his goal right now, his end goal is Phoenix and a chance to play for the championship there in, in 2020. 2021 yeah totally agree we'll roll through these a little quicker you got logano and bush that's an interesting row those guys right there kyle bush still searching that first win in the 500 he won the clash ryan priest and chase elliott next row very interesting right there it's going to be blaney on the outside we haven't talked about kyle larson and i know they just had him on the on the pre-race right there but you've got kyle larson that comes back in he gets into the cup series he's done everything that he had to do he's in a hendrick car which i, th I think it's going to be a very bounce back year for hendrick the chevrolets are really good right here 
But you have to applaud Kyle Larson because, yes, a lot of wins uh, in, in dirt in 2020 and doing all of that, just a tremendous run that he did. But he's he's jumped back into cup racing. And, again, he, like everybody else, he hasn't had time on the track. So it, it's been a whirlwind for him. And I think that Kyle Larson has really done a good job of just – easing himself back into the series and being being very task at hand and just he'll let he'll let his talking happen on the racetrack and and i think that this is a very mature kyle larson that's comfortable in his skin in a good ride and i think good things are going to come to kyle larson and i mean this is a guy as well today i mean you you have to put him in your list of guys that can make stuff happen he looks his biggest thing this year is that he's had a very quiet speed week and I think that that's been that's been good for him to ease him back. It's not like he came in and went straight into the spotlight. I think that the, that 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 row is going to be a very challenging row from where they're at. Uh, Blaney is going to be a player. Blaney is. is always a player when it comes to these restrictor plate races and the plate and and at the super speedway. So to say that the that the 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 race is going to go through the twelve, I put him in that. I think the race is going to go through the twenty two as well with Joey Logano because of the fact that you know Logano said that if he doesn't crash, he's always up front, and he's not wrong. Uh, same thing with Ryan Blaney. If Ryan Blaney doesn't crash, Ryan Blaney's up front, and and I think those are going to be two major players there with Team Penske in the yeah. Ford performance. Yeah, those, those Fords are going to be good. Uh, you got Suarez that qualifies fifteenth. Corey LaJoy got a touch on Suarez quickly right there because you've got the addition of of Pitbull. And I had so many calls. Why the hell is Pitbull a part of NASCAR? I'm like. Uh, apparently he's a fan and again you never know i mean you never know who a fan of nascar is but and again you're, you're reaching another audience and i mean i think so much of it is now you're going to have folks that'll have eyeballs on nascar that wouldn't have before pit pitbull's not racing he's a part of the thing here he and and sasha banks is going to be a, a part of this it's it's going to attract other eyeballs into it the correlation there with fox be be whatever it is but when you bring Pitbull in and you hook him up with Suarez, I mean, because I know a lot of people were like, well, obviously Jordan's going to have an African-American driver with, with Bubba Wallace. That's the guy they wanted. I mean, Suarez wanted to be a part of this 99 team, and it just so happens that Suarez is a driver. Uh, realistic goals for these guys. I mean, I, I think the 99 could be good today, but I think that's more of one where next week it gets real for them. <laughs> Well, Daniel Suarez definitely wins for paint scheme of the 500. That that iFly car I fly. is actually really good. Yeah, that that thing looks fantastic. Uh, do a Google search for it. It looks really good. Uh, but his key, I think if they can finish top 20 in points, that would be an accomplishment for that team in terms of their overall. Will they have a chance with as many road courses as there are? I think Suarez has a little bit better chance to at least score some top 10, some top 5s. Uh, but I think overall that team's going to struggle. I think it will be a step up from Gaunt Brothers racing, which he was in last year. Uh, but definitely I think Suarez will be one to watch today. Uh, but as it comes through, it'll be interesting to see how well he performs You know, at a short track, at, at a Bristol dirt race, at the intermediates. That's where that car needs to be stronger, and I just mm-hmm. don't think they've got it. Yeah, not quite yet. Not quite yet. Row 9 is the one that uh, the winner could very well come out of row number 9, friends. Uh, you, you got Michael McDowell and David reagan and i know folks will be like well come on Uh, i mean this is their this is their kind of race right here i mean these are guys where they're good on these on these plate tracks and and they're veteran drivers and yeah yeah they they may not have the resources of a hendrick or a gibbs or any of that but these two got to be sitting there in row nine and and their their goal they'll probably go straight to the back at some point they'll go straight to the back but when it comes to to s and g when we get to 25 laps to go i I promise you i promise you you're going to look up and see either the 34 or the 36 or most likely both sitting right there in that top 10 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Michael McDowell's actually on my fantasy team. He's got a good run of top fives here going for the Daytona 500 the last couple of years. And so he's going to be one to watch. He's always really, really close. Uh-huh. Really, really close to winning the 500. He just doesn't have – I think that's where the haves and have-nots try to come in uh, with, with the front row racing and and the stuff that your Hendrick and, and your Gibbs and your Penske stuff has. But he'll run in the top five at some point in the day. Will he have a shot to win? We'll see with 20 to go. But definitely, those are the Cinderella stories for today. Absolutely. I want to slide a little further down. Let's go to row 12. And I think that row 12, Bobby, is one where your guy Keselowski on the outside, Matt Benedetto down on the inside. Benedetto uh, again, he knows what he's doing this year but uh, from this year on uh, you know this is going to be uh Cindric's deal uh, coming up but um i think these two have the ability where they're starting in row 12 that's a little bit further back than either one of them want to be but do not be surprised Th- these are these are team cars somewhat do not be surprised to see these two fords that classic look number 21 of the wood brothers looking for win number 100 and that car number two watch these two Watch these two. I think these two are going to be magical throughout this day. Well, I think that the the Daytona 500 will go through the two car. Mm -hmm. He lacked a little bit of speed during the duels. I was somewhat concerned as the Keselowski fan, the fact that he he didn't have that little bit of it factor that he normally had. I think that was just due to track position and some other stuff. But uh, the the win to get to the Daytona 500 is going to have to go through the two car. I think Matty D has turned into an exceptional racer. We saw it at Talladega last year in the playoff race. And so as long as they don't get get to too much blocking, and like Matty D had the issue at Talladega where he came down and blocked, uh, below the yellow line, but I think Matty D will be running up front. I think those guys will team up early and try to get the third line rolling and get to the front as fast as they can. And then right behind them in row 13, you got a couple of those really fast Gibbs Toyotas in there. There's Hamlin. you got Hamlin and Truex, and, and seriously, Denny Hamlin is really, I mean, he, he's going for something pretty special right here. I mean, if, if he wins again, you know, it'll be three in a row for Denny, and, and Denny's doing things. I, I think it's going to be hard for Denny to stay out of trouble today. He's a little bit further back right there. He's going to have a lot to go through, but but seriously, for, for what Hamlin has done, and he just re-upped. I mean, he's he's re-signed on here, but I was talking about this the other day where I think it's, it's kind of a make-or-break year for Hamlin as well because he has so often gotten to those playoffs and just, just can't punch a ticket, and, and yes – um, a championship's important. We talk about all of these guys that only have one and can't get two. Denny doesn't have one, and he could have had three or four, but he just hasn't been able to get that one, and, and I really wonder, Bobby, I think it's something that you and I talked about. This is going to be an interesting year for Hamlin because, man, you're a team owner now, and you can tell me all you want that on February 1st you are straight FedEx Camry Gibbs Racing, but, dude, you, you are part owner of this. Jordan ain't going to be at the racetrack all the time. I promise you that. Um it's going to be a lot of pressure on this Denny Hamlin this year. Yeah, and it definitely showed at the end of 2020 when they started making the announcements and stuff for the 2311 stuff. It took his focus away and it took him out of that championship because once, as soon as they announced the 2311, his performance went down. And so while he'll be fast, he was fast in the duels, uh, ran out of gas in the duel, which is why he's starting so far back today. But he he'll be a player today. It will go through. It will go through the 11 team to try to turn around uh, that that program so far for this week. And uh, obviously, some of the Gibbs cars have underperformed, but I think a lot of that has to do 
with just the luck of the duels. Yeah, yeah, and and not a lot of track time as we talked about. So it's um it's a fascinating storyline as we begin to to paint it. One oh five we're showing now. Probably take you up another ten twelve minutes or so. I know we've got a one thirty start and just an update. If you're not watching that, everything does look clear right there. I know they had the pre race concert and all of that stuff going. So uh, thirty thousand fans. So uh, a nice step in the in the hopefully right direction at some point where um, I was talking to somebody this year and said NASCAR's kind of stupid to have 30,000 fans uh, in the place and my, my response was you've obviously never seen Daytona International <laughs> Speedway because uh, 30,000 fans in there looks like uh, ants. I mean there, there's this is the place where you can get 30,000 people in there and uh, I do like that you will have fans in there and I think they're going to be treated to a, to a really good race today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the front stretch of Daytona holds 104,000 people yeah. approximately. So yeah. the fact that you're going to have a, a third of the fans there, they'll be able to spread out pretty far. Uh, but the, they'll be all right. They were pretty loud during the Xfinity Series race at the end of the truck race and the Xfinity Series race. So it, it, it's nice to see the fans. But, uh, yeah, the 30,000 fans there today. They had the they had the concert, the controversial Luke Combs concert this morning with the, mm. with the, with everybody trying to be socially distanced for that. But, uh, but we'll see. It's good to see fans at the Daytona 500 as they should be just because it was weird to not see him at the brickyard uh for the indianapolis 500 yeah so drivers uh, i don't know if this has changed but i think byron keselowski custer chastain and alfredo will go to the back of the will have to drop back uh that may not be the the complete update of course uh, alfredo and chastain pretty far back anyway but uh you know byron obviously right there out of the front row um that's going to happen so I, I think one of the things as we start looking forward to this is you're going to see a lot of team orders you're going to see a lot of teams working together and i know that's a a nail a thorn in a lot of traditional nascar racing fans uh minds is where you have the team orders that's just the way of business nowadays i mean that, that's the way it happens you see it uh you see it in other forms of racing now you see it in nascar but at some point i mean that, that's that's the key i mean it's going to be key um let's let's see uh, i think for for the toyotas the toyotas and, and they're they're going to be starting a little further back there with hamlin and some of these guys if they can uh, do you think that maybe toyota and chevrolet are going to try to forge some kind of alliance in this thing today because there's a lot of fast fords in this and and the fords are so damn good when once we get into traffic into dirty air i think they're going to have to work together somehow I think they'll have to work together to a certain extent. Uh, the coolest part is when they get ready to go their pit stops. You talk about the marching orders and the manufacturers. They'll start getting together as close as they can. And all the Fords are going to pit together. All the Chevys will pit together. It's just going to depend on which ones the Toyotas decide to pit with. I think it's just going to depend on who's running better at the time. I wouldn't be surprised to see Toyota pit with the Chevys one time and then see the Toyotas pit with the Ford the next time. I think yeah. it's going to depend on where exactly all those Gibbs cars are running in relation to the Chevys or the Fords. Yeah, that's so, so we'll definitely watch that play out and and i think you're exactly right you will see that kind of shift around where toyota's kind of like okay we'll, we'll just do we'll just do what we need to do i mean there's no boundaries for us we'll we'll, we'll take what we can get uh the other thing that's going to be so important today is obviously uh pit stops uh the guys and the ladies on pit road they do not get near the credit that they deserve and again i mean you can you can simulate it you can do pit work at the shop you can do all of this these are full-blown athletes they work out they do everything like a football team would do 
but you haven't had a lot of time on pit road. And this is a, a high-stressed, high-pressure situation. Races can be won and lost in the pits, so we're definitely going to have to watch that for, for speeding penalties and for pit mistakes and, and so forth and so on. The other thing, on the track, the spotters are so important. This is where yellow lines factor in today. you you, you got to stay above that yellow line. So if you're new to the sport and you hear them talking about guys dropping below the yellow line and advancing position, that's a no-no as well. And that's something that I think nine times out of ten we see happen at one of these super speedway races. It'll happen at least once, uh, if not twice today, with somebody going. But it's a double yellow line. So the the super speedway tracks, Daytona and Talladega, are the only tracks that have an out-of-bounds. Mm-hmm. And the out-of-bounds is the double yellow stripe line, the big, thick yellow stripe line. They're on the inside, the closest portion to the infield. So though that will come into factor. It always does, at least one or two points in the race. Uh, so you get penalized for going down there to advance your position. You also get penalized for taking someone down there as a block. So those two factors have, have upset a lot of day tone of 500s over the last couple of years and it really is like we said at the at the beginning of the show it, it, this is going to be no, you you do not take anyone for granted in this in this pack of in this pack of 40 cars anybody is capable of winning this race today it's a matter of you got to keep your nose clean you, you got to be you got to be a good teammate i guess you, you got to be a good teammate a good pusher all of that all of that happens today and and i think so much of, of what is fascinating about these races is more often than not you do have where the spotter is so much driving the car and you're looking backwards in the mirror uh, at times more than you are looking forward because just everything that happens and i think that for folks to understand what these these guys are about to to put themselves through i mean three and a half hours of being in that car of um the 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 g-forces the the heat just everything that they're going to jump into it it is um it's unexplainable and 31 degrees of banking i saw something this week where every year you know they start bringing these things out where there's people trying to walk up the bank and you see the titan air blower roll down the banking the other day where it's um, the speeds that we're going to see today you're going to see 200 miles per hour uh damn near i mean it's it's going to be and the room for error is this big the room for error is is this big and, and i think that the, that folks just don't get it and they just don't appreciate it and i think today today really does bobby it, it has the makings to be a very a very historic day, I think, for good reasons for, for the Cup Series. Yeah, I think I think today's just got a lot of good positive momentum about it, and, and hopefully that the race lives up to the positive momentum that everybody feels about it. Uh, I'm anticipating it being a fun race, and I hope it will be a fun race. I hope I get entertained for three and a half hours. Uh, and and that is what you know. I want the world to watch and see the joy of NASCAR that we do, and and the the allure and the spectacularness that is the Daytona 500. Yeah, and it really is. I mean, what what else can you do today? And by all means, when this is over, don't go out and try to do it on the highway because uh, you're not supposed to be on the highways and byways. Um, let's talk a couple of sleepers, Bobby. I don't know why, and um, something in my gut all week. All week since since last Sunday, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the damn color of the car. I, I don't know. Something has told me that Eric Jones is going to win this damn race today. I don't know what it is. It um, he goes to the petty car, and when you talk about uh, it's not a fall from grace for Eric Jones, but he didn't attain the goals that he wanted to attain and were expected of him in the Toyota camp over there with Gibbs. But it's, it's something has told me. Eric Jones is going to win the Daytona 500. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Well, the car won't be hard to see uh, today. Yeah. You'll definitely be able yeah. to see it uh, with the bright orange uh, Armorall covers that it's got. But 50 years that STP and Armorall have been uh, with the King uh, over there, Richard Petty on that on that 43. But he's got a chance to be good. He didn't have the most spectacular of the 
of the dual races, uh, but he's got a chance to be strong. Obviously, that the 43 is the car that Bubba Wallace drove to the second place finish there in the Daytona 500. So, uh, the last couple of years that that car has been stronger. Uh, you know, and Bubba's had some really decent runs, some top 10 runs in there, and some top 20 runs. So, uh, everybody's got a chance. I mean, it's a good thing that uh, you know it'll be anybody's ball game to determine whether or not that uh, that uh, Eric Jones in that 20 car can, or the see there we go 20 car <laughs> Eric Jones in that 43 can win. So how cool would it be for you? I mean, I know it'd be super cool for me if you get that you get that forty three and that twenty one coming down. You get you get Jones and De Benedetto. You get the the petty, not blue, but I'm, there's some blue on it somewhere. It's got to be. You get that one coming down. You get De Benedetto there for the the Wood Brothers hundredth win at Daytona, and somehow this factors in, and you get uh, you get it like a nineteen. Well, I guess you get the nineteen seventy six finish. Neither damn one of them wins. But if you get those two coming down to the stripe, man, what would that? Now for me, the storybook ending of Newman winning or those two coming down, I I would be tickled pink for either one of those finishes today. It definitely would get the hardcore fans, your old school fans, excited about the 21 and the 43 running together again. Uh, I I think it's anything's possible. I think Matty D is another one that's on my fantasy lineup today just because of his ability to be be, uh, a good restrictor plate racer and actually having the uh, Wood Brothers Alliance with with Team Penske and Ford with how good that the Fords run. So uh, it's going to be a chance for them to to do it. I I think that the Wood Brothers would be up front a majority of the day. Matty D before, he's run up front, led 200 or 100 laps or so in one of the Daytona 500s a couple of years ago for Levine Family Racing. So uh, Matty D's got a chance. I know we picked him to win last year. Uh, I did. Picked him to win last year. He's not my pick to win this year, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see uh, how that all shakes out for him. And folks, do not, do not, as much as you may want to, do not sleep on Ricky Stenhouse Jr. <laughs> he, he will find a way to factor into this. Uh, and I guarantee you it'll probably be early on in the race you're going to look up and you're going to see Stenhouse Jr., uh, rolling on that on that uh, scroll. I, I was going to ask you, Bobby. We were talking the other day about Fox changing the sport and everything. Remember, I mean, you and I weren't the biggest fans of that side pylon. Shit, now it's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, now it's now it's normal. I love yeah, that thing. now now I you just everybody's got it now. <laughs> I love having that thing there. But um, Ricky Stenhouse, and that's another guy where man, if that if that dude can put two hundred five hundred good miles, two hundred good laps together. That that may be a guy that wins this race. He just he just can't finish a deal. He just can't finish a deal. Well, I'm not trying to give away my entire lineup, but Ricky Stenhouse, another one of the good <laughs> super speedway racers. He's on my fantasy lineup today too, uh, and so uh, I hope he does well. He'll definitely be involved in the big one. Uh, statistically, it's shown that he'll be involved with the big one, <laughs> trying to make stuff it. happen over there. Yeah, he he may cause it. Uh, the fantasy league. Th- thank you, Bobby. Two five five eight six seven eight audiovisual consultations. Uh, part of our fantasy league. There you see right there. Go to NASCAR.com. Check out. Crank it up. Be a part of it as well. If you don't do it this week, you can still do you can probably do it at any point here for a month and still factor into it because what happens here if you don't do it right off the bat and you're late into this what tends to happen is folks forget to set lineups and and when i say that i'm talking about myself so that and and again bobby and i are not eligible for the for the tv so um and there are more prizes to come by the way and also you can win stuff from nascar as well so um be a part of it it's fun but if you don't get in the 
uh, initial stages of it, uh, you can jump in and you will still factor in. But uh, thanks to Tom McKay, Autovisual Consultations, avconsultations.com. Good stuff right there if you need home theater systems, 255-8678. They are right here in my beautiful city of Round Rock. But, yeah, Stenhouse is, is going to be something there, and um, I, I'm looking forward to it. And, 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 I, and I think Tyler Reddick, too, as well. Um, if Tyler Reddick gets up there, he and Austin Dillon could – could just um i don't know I, i'm i'm the verdict is still out, verdict is still out for me on rcr but when you get here they're good they're really good yeah they, their mile and a half program has increased too but uh they if austin Dillon had any kind of extra speed that he showed during that during that duel uh he's got a factor to be up front today so i don't know i'm still i'm still under the 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 impression granted it it's a call it a Call it a hometown pick, if you will, but I still think the Daytona 500 has to go through the two car. Uh, just the way that it's it's just eluded him here and there so much the last couple of last couple of years. But I think that Keselowski's going to come through and win the big race today. Yep. That's my pick. Uh, he's he's my pick in my fantasy league to win the race. Uh, I've got Ford as the winning manufacturer due to the strength of the Ford Performance teams and the Roush Yates horsepower. So I think it's going to be a Blueville kind of day down there in Daytona. I think the Fords the Fords will will be the the, the dominating car. The, the they're 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 going to be good. I mean, they're going to be good. They, they will they, they will win the manufacturer thing. I, I guarantee you that. But I, I'm serious. I, I don't know what it is. There has been just something something that has been at my gut that says Eric Jones is going to win. I mean, that, that's seriously my pick. I, I think that Eric Jones answers the call. I mean, he's he's won at Daytona, uh, but. I just it's just something about it. I don't know what it is. It's very rare that I get these feelings of this is who's going to win. So I'm going with the 43. Um, I'm looking forward to this and, and be ready, friends, because this race is going to the, the beginning is going to be good. I, I think hopefully what happens is that we start and and again that that weather window. I'm going to take a look at it here before we shut this thing down and get you over to Fox if you're not already there. But uh, I mean you're looking. You got up to three o'clock to where they're showing, and this is our inaccu weather here. You've got about a 30% chance at 3 o'clock hour, uh, 30% all the way up to about 5 o'clock. Then it goes to 60%. So if anything, that tells you we should be able to get to the halfway point. But I don't want to get to the halfway point. I want to get... I want to get all the way to the end, and I do like that it's starting a, a tad earlier than it has in the past. I do like racing into the night, but what we're going to see is, is, is the track is going to change, and I think what we're going to see, Bobby, in this race, my, my other prediction for this, is you're going, to see, you're going to see pools of cars. You're going to see the Fords dominate at some point. The, the Toyotas are going to make that run. Chevrolet is going to align with somebody, and I think we're going to have a lot of lead changes is what we're going to see because there are so many players in this race this year. Yeah, so many players. This should be one of the more competitive Daytona 500s in the last couple of years. So as long as the rain stays away, we've seen a lot of guys win the Daytona 490. We've seen a lot of guys win the Daytona 400. Mm-hmm. We've seen a lot of guys win the Daytona 499. But there's a special list of guys that have won the Daytona 500, and I think it's going to be special today. I think I don't think Hamlin's going to three-peat, uh, but it's definitely going to be one of the better races of the year, hopefully if Mother Nature cooperates. Absolutely. And, I mean, think about this race. I mean, this is a race where you've got Kyle Busch, Brad Keselowski, just the two that come to the top of my head that are two of the best. They're going to be in the Hall of Fame. They're cup champions. They have not found a way to win the Daytona 500. What does that tell you about this race? It's just a hard race to win. Even Junior, who's won it twice, the king of the king of the plate tracks, along with his dad, uh, when he won it, he says it's a hard race to win. And so we'll see how, how well that the next generation of, of restrictor plate racers are able to do. Yeah. Absolutely. It's going to be fun. And it is rolling off at 1.30. It seems like it will start on time because weather looks clear. 
So you say Keselowski. I say Jones. I think we both say if Newman win, Newman wins it, we're good. Won't be disappointed if the six-car pops in victory lane today. By the way, Jamie McMurray's in this race. <laughs> He's a dark horse. Watch out, man. Watch out. Jamie McMurray is good. Y'all enjoy the race. Stay home. Don't go out. Don't order food to be delivered. They don't need to be out either. Um, <laughs> we'll be checking in throughout the race. Bobby's at Bobby Chaffee. I'm at the Rodney R on Twitter. At RevedUpATX. Enjoy the race, friends. Daytona Sunday. Stay warm. <laughs>